Have you been on the road? Have you been doing shows? Yes, we're, you know, introducing the new album, rolling it out. Right. And how's that been going? How the show's been going? It went really, really well. These songs are being received, uh, just as I want them to be. I just think these lyrics that Randall Bramblett has written are just exceptional lyrics. And I, I wanted people to hear them clearly and hope that they like them and it's, they seem to. I'm sure they do. Yeah. I mean, the idea of uh, recording an entire album of Brand Randall Bramblett's songs is unique to say the least. You know, everybody's doing Dylan or the Stones or the Beatles or Joni Mitchell or somebody. Randall Bramblett is not high on that list. So how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I heard him about eight years ago. He was um, on a gig with me and he was on the stage when I arrived at the gig. And um, I couldn't hear what he was saying and I couldn't see him, but I could hear the melody and I could hear him. Right. And I asked, I asked my road manager to ask him if I could speak to him when the show was over. And he came in, I told him, I said, I couldn't hear what he was saying, but I love those melodies. And I just hope the words are strong. I said, would you send me some of them? So he sent me some and I recorded two of them right away with Joe Henry. Uh -huh. And uh, then when this opportunity kept, came up for Stephen and I to do an album together that actually belongs to us, if you will, as opposed to a big company. Yep. Um, I sent him the songs and he said, I love every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So, so, so was Steve uh, Jordan familiar with these songs? Obviously not. No, he, he wasn't. He wasn't familiar with Randall. Uh, but he told me, um, when Universal kicked me out, right. yeah. <laughs> he, uh, Stephen said, why don't you find a writer to write some songs for you? Right. Or why don't you find a writer to write with? Right. And I said, because I can't write. I don't know why people think everyone can write. Right. <laughs> there you and, go. I mean, and I would want to write really good. Oh, hell, I can write, write something that makes some kind of sense. Yep. But I want to write something really good. And I can't do that. I also cannot ballet. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I hear you. Nobody, find, nobody <laughs> finds that strange. Um, but um, I have that, these songs, I keep getting asked the question, did I write them? Or did he write them for me? Because we are, we've, he's the only person I know who has had more flop records than either. Well, there you go. And I, <laughs> we're about the same age. We've done this for about the same amount of time. Right, right. Well, he took some time off and went to school, so he's smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> he's just more educated. There's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. so so have you I been in touch with him? Have you been I'm in touch sorry. with Randall? Yes, yes, we talk frequently. Uh -huh. So what, what did he uh, think when, they, when, you, when, when you first proposed this idea? What was his reaction? He said, who does that? <laughs> 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 he was really quite surprised. And the speed with which we did it and got it out stunned him because I think he thought I was going to be wandering around with it, trying to 
find somebody to do something with it. But I, I uh, years of wandering around in this business is, if nothing else taught me two things, not to spend a dime of my money on it. Yeah. And do it quickly, get it done. They're just songs and come on out of the studio and sit down and shut up and wait, see what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we, um, uh, uh, JV, um, Steve Jordan's company is small, but they are working like banshees. Right. And, and they're working me half to death. But I told them, I, I, I want you to, I need for you to work really hard and I will work as hard as I can yep. and do anything, you know, you ask me to do. So um, the, it came out officially last week and right. I did the first uh, four gigs this past week in on the West Coast. Now we're going to um, do the East Coast things and then we're going to go Midwest. Cool, cool. So the songs themselves, the, the 11 songs that make up the record, are they, uh, how were they chosen? I chose them. I have to choose all my songs because it's almost like you're telling a 77-year-old woman what to say if you right. choose my songs. Nobody, nobody wants to do that. So <laughs> I, I chose the songs and I sent uh, Stephen the ones that I liked. Right. And I knew they were good. Um, right. I was surprised that he was so overwhelmingly enthusiastic about them, but I, I knew that they were good. There was no doubt about that. Right, right, right. So then you, you recorded it uh, mostly at the Electric Ladyland Studios, is that right? Uh-huh. We, and... uh, I, I did less than anyone else because just when we started to record, I caught COVID. Oh, geez. And so we did, we laid the tracks down on zoom right you know everybody all the musicians had a little box with my face in it and my voice <laughs> and, and uh we did it that way so they we the tracks were laid down to my specifications in terms of my dictatorial in the song and the way i wanted to sing the song right and she even chose some of the most brilliant musicians in the world yep and i just think they laid down some Fabulous tracks. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And you got some cool, cool guests as well. People like Steve Winwood and uh, John uh -huh. Batiste and Ray Parker. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That's not bad. No, it's not. Not at all. <laughs> Ray Parker was in my um, band when he was about 17. Right. <laughs> and John Batiste's father was in my band when he was about 17 when I lived uh -huh. in New Orleans. Right. I just spoke and to John myself you know, the other day. <laughs> And you know, Steve Winwood covered my Let Me Down Easy when he was about 17. Right, right, right. So we've been going with this 17 and 18 number that something happened pertaining yep. to me or my music to everybody involved when they were about 17 or 18. <laughs> so how do you and you and Steve Jordan have been working together quite a bit over the years. How how does that communication work between you? What What is it that draws you together and keeps you together? Well, you know, I, I haven't had a black producer in a long time. Uh -huh. And a black producer with a broadness like a Quincy Jones is right. what I need because I've become broader. Uh -huh. So if you if you produced all of James Brown's tunes, you may be a great producer, 
but I needed a producer who could produce James Brown tunes on me as well as Bob Dylan tunes because I've become that broad. Right. And that doesn't happen to a lot of Black producers. Yeah. Stephen has had the opportunity to be a music director in some really high places and is now with the Rolling Stones, with the television work that he's done and worked with James Brown. He and I both did work with James Brown. Right. Um, so <laughs> he... He goes, and then he hears, he hears whatever it is the way I hear it, because we didn't grow up listening to a myriad of radio. We grew up listening to WWRL and Black radio. So when we listen to Bob Dylan, we hear it differently. Yeah. You know, and, and the only other Black producer I know that has the kind of range and understanding uh, and experience that Stephen has is Quincy Jones. Uh-huh. And I, I chased him around for 20 years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, now, I, I ran a, uh, there's a quote in, uh, in some of the press or in the liner notes. He says, you, you, you're quoted as saying, I haven't thought of another singer since I was about 20. So that I'm assuming is referring to being influenced by other singers and listening to them. I find that fairly intriguing. So was that something you did on purpose to keep your own sound or is it just the way it went? No, my own. you can't take my sound away from me. Right, no, no. That's similar (laughs) to what people say, how do you make the songs your own? Yeah. I said, it's so much easier for me to sound like me than Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't understand that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand that when I and, and I'm I'm a very um egomaniacal singer. So when I hear a song I like, I hear me singing it. Right. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's you, what I hear when I hear the song. Me do you do you hear it. songs that you, you can't sing or won't sing? Not now. I uh-huh. mean because it took me almost 20 years to learn it. Right. But if I just sing like I sing, there's no problem. When right. I was younger, I was trying to sing like the person I heard. Right. But to sing like me is no problem. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so so I see uh, you also cover an interesting array of, uh, I think you, you just did a Fiona Apple tune when you were playing uh, in California a few days ago. So how do you come across these other sh- uh, songs that you that you cover? Hey, let us, let's clear this up first. Pat Boone is a cover artist. Okay, you, I, okay I got you. <laughs> I, um, well, that, those particular songs, I didn't know any of those young ladies, or at least I only knew maybe a couple of them, Dolly Parton then. Right. Maybe one other, but my producer was young, and so he knew all of these people. Right. And he brought me the songs, and there it doesn't make any difference who they are. They're just songs. The only yeah. names that might have frightened me at one time might have been Dinah Washington and Johnny Hartman. But <laughs> I found out that all I didn't have to sound like them. All I have to do is sing it like I sing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and has but you have, you'd be surprised that really that took me twenty years to completely grasp 
what my manager, uh, then Jim Lewis, uh -huh. taught me everything I know. I didn't understand that. And I said, but I don't, I don't have a sound. Right. I, you know, when I was like 17 and 18, he was trying to tell me, sing it like you sing it. Yep. But I don't sing it. I just heard it. And yep. he said, oh, God, this girl is going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, there are very few teenagers who can immediately go, this is what who I am and, and what I sound like. And most of them are fairly derivative. I mean. Yeah, he, oh, he came from the big band of Aeroplate in the Jimmy Lunsford's band. Right. And he, um, he just looked at it different. He said, you may never be a star. But if you will listen to me, you can do this for the rest of your life. Right. Uh, he, he didn't know that was going to happen. but <laughs> <laughs> He was right. <laughs> so this has turned into the rest of your life. It has. This is what you're doing. It must be very satisfying to, at this point, at age 77, look back and realize the trajectory that your career took and, and where it's taken you now. Oh, it certainly, it certainly has. I, I thought I was going to die um, broke and obscure. I, I'm just going to die broke, but I'm not going to die obscure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's the things that have happened in the last 20 years I'm extremely proud of. And I, I just never thought that I would have any more than like the little pocket in Australia and New Zealand that knew about because they love like music and the little pocket in England that knew about me and black radio was gone and I hadn't made it to white radio. So I, I never thought that all of this would happen to me. Right, it's right. so still, I, I, uh, when you consider who my immediate contemporaries are, cause I'm from Detroit, you know? Yeah. So, these people who were my neighbors and who I went to school with have become megastars. So I still haven't achieved that. But as I said, I'm so much farther along than I thought after about 25 years and nothing had gotten broader or deeper or anything. But I was learning all the time and I was getting better and better yep. and better. Yep. And that was what Jim told me I would do. And I was like, I like that, especially after yeah, I've been singing about 20 years. Yeah. How am I going to get any better? <laughs> <laughs> and I would say that com compared to your contemporaries, you're one of the few who is actually trying and doing, trying out new things and creating new music and not just resting on their laurels as well. Well, I ain't got no doggone laurels. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm making them. I'm making them up still as I go along. Yeah. Like yeah. In the tune uh, on the album, Plan B, it says, right. uh, "I say I ain't worried about it. I ain't got no Plan B. I'm still working on Plan A." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, speaking of the, your plans, what are your plans next? Because, uh, from what I understand, you're always thinking in advance. You're always thinking about the next thing. I'm not. You're not. I know I'm not. My husband's always thinking about. Ah, okay. Thing. Somebody over there. Is. He already he already knows what he'd like for me to record for another twenty years. I'm like I'm not going to live long enough to record all that mess. But <laughs> but he has. I, he's probably got five more albums on on a computer that he that I have signed off on, and he'll make me sit down and pick tunes. He'll say, "Do you like this?" 
and he'll just keep playing it, whatever. And after I like it, then he puts it in a file for me. Right. So he's got country albums and blues albums and of tunes that I actually like and would record. Right, right. Very good. And, yeah. and I'm grateful for that. He uh, loves music and he's a music enthusiast. Right. I, I, I like old movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm an old blues singer. Ain't no need to be like no old blues singers. So. <laughs> so, so I saw you when you were here back in 2005. Have you got any plans to come back to New Zealand? Kevin and I were talking last night about how we, um, uh, he was playing some old tunes. And he, loved, he listens to music perpetually. And right. then when he can trap me, I just got home last night. So I was glad to see him. Yeah. So he had me trapped in the office listening to these tunes that we listened to when we first got married. Ah. Our, our anniversary is coming up soon. And when we first got married, I came over there with Charlie Musselwhite on that little tour. And at night, we I don't know where we were going, but uh, there was no one on the streets pretty much in wherever we were in New Zealand. Uh-huh. And... Um, we were walking and we were singing the song um, and he started to just walk these hills once more with you. And we were harmonizing on that and walking through these. And you remember when we were in New Zealand and we were walking the streets and singing the song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 